Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Not only is it the active wear that makes Sweaty Betty such an iconic brand, but their ethos and messaging has paved the way for change, making women feel powerful, confident and happy on the inside and out. For me anyway, the more confident I feel, the more likely I am to probably go to the gym and work on my fitness goals. In fact, I really believe that when you feel better, you dress the way you feel and Sweaty Betty have something to suit whatever fitness means to you. If you haven't tried them yet, honestly, just give them a go, especially as we've got an exclusive offer of 20% off their entire range. Just head over to sweatybetty.com and add in the code FOODFORTHOUGHT at the checkout. Hello and thank you so much for tuning in to Food for Thought, a podcast on a mission to equip you with all the evidence-based advice that you need to live and breathe a healthy lifestyle. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, registered nutritionist, best-selling author of Renourish, A Simple Way to Eat Well and founder of Retrition, London's leading private nutrition clinic. In each episode, I'll be joined by special guests, all of whom can be considered authoritative voices in health, so that together we can learn fact from fiction and empower the healthiest and happiest versions of ourselves with trusted expert advice. Knowing what are the best supplements to take can seem like a minefield. This is something I am asked all the time, and not only are the numbers and letters mind-blowing, C, D, B12, you have to consider which ones are actually worth the money. But how are you supposed to know? With over 65% of all UK adults having taken some form of vitamin or supplement, either daily or on occasional basis in the 12 months, this week's Food for Thought sees registered associate nutritionist Jenna Hope help sort fact from fiction so you can consider which ones are actually worth the money. Hello, Jenna. Hello. Thank you so much for giving up your time today. Thank you for having me. It's just absolute pleasure. I think supplements are something that working as a nutritionist in this field are not really going anywhere. And if we could start by discussing, are they doing more harm than good? So I think in some cases they can be doing more harm than good. Um, You know, they come in such a variety of ways now. They come in pills, they come in liquids, they come in drops, they come in gummies even. (laughs) Um, 
And I think the doses aren't very well regulated. The quality isn't very well regulated. And actually, if you're having enough of that nutrient in your diet and you're supplementing on top of that unnecessarily, that can be causing more harm than good. And therefore, you would be at risk of increased toxicity as well. Gosh, so actually, ultimately, we know that there's probably more cons than pros, but we know we can discuss this. We know they have a place, but how do supplements work in the body then compared to the nutrients we would eat in food? Okay, so when we are eating food, often they contain nutrients with what we call their cofactors. So essentially, that's like their friends that help the nutrients to be absorbed. When you're taking a supplement, often those cofactors are actually removed and therefore you don't have that ability to help aid the absorption of the nutrient. So I think that's the first thing to be aware of. And secondly, often because they might be synthetic, you might need a higher dose of them. And so that's why sometimes you look at the back of the supplement packet and actually it says 100 or 200, 300% more of the R&I when really if you were to be consuming that from food, you wouldn't need quite so much. Well, that's just there. I think it can be so confusing as a consumer what to look for. And you've mentioned what we would call bioavailability. So just how available is it to your body to use? And you mentioned R&I. So if you just want to touch on that for our listeners as well. Yes, of course. So that's the reference nutrient intake. So that's really what we should be consuming. Um, For the general population, I hasten to add that people will fall either lower than the RNI or higher than the RNA. But for the general for the general population, that's really what we should be looking for. And I think this is when it gets confusing because a lot of my clients, they'll go away and they'll they'll buy a box of supplements on the internet. Now, often these supplements have perhaps come from another country and then you've got a complete different way of measuring things. Absolutely. And I think the supplement industry is so poorly regulated, let's say, that you're not necessarily 100% sure on what you're buying. And I think even when you're buying it on the internet, that's when it's most dangerous because you don't know how reliable these brands are. You don't know the science to support what's actually in that supplement. Essentially, you're taking a pill or a liquid formula and you're just hoping that it is what it says on the tin. But there's no guarantee, really, unfortunately, that that is the case. No, it it is a complete minefield. I'll never forget a TV interview we did together. (laughs) Yes. We can giggle laughing about it now, but we were oh. we were talking about this um, live and it was quite an awkward interview, actually, when I look back. Yes. But if you are worried that you aren't getting the nutrients you need, I mean, the first port of call surely should be, like we'd encourage, to look at the diet. Yes, absolutely. And even before that, I think I would suggest going to the GP to have your blood tested. And that really can give you an indication as to what's going on. So if you're feeling very exhausted um, or you've got dizziness, confusion, mild fatigue, whatever it may be your symptoms are, really go to the GP and discuss that first. And then I would encourage a diet a diet first approach 100%. Yeah, because often these symptoms can be underlying. So you may not realise that something so small such as your nutrition could make the difference between how much energy you have every day. And nutrient-dense foods, I mean, they have a lot of benefits if you compare them to supplements anyway. Definitely. So when we're looking at supplements, we're avoiding or ignoring all the fibre that might be contained in the foods, phytochemicals, so they're plant chemicals that are found naturally that can be really beneficial for our health as well. So definitely, I think it really does isolate the supplement or the nutrient. And another thing is that often, for example, when you take a multivitamin, a lot of these vitamins are trying to compete to be for uptake. So that means that you need a transporter to help cross into the blood brain blood and um, if you are 
if you're consuming a wide range of nutrients that are actually competing for that transporter, then they're not necessarily going to be absorbed anyway. Oh, it's like, um, oh, it brings me back to university, that the analogy we used of a, of a bus, like everyone trying to get on the bus at the same time to get the last seat. <laughs> yes, I love that. It's so kind true. of what everyone's doing in so a multi bit, which, you know, which vitamin's going to get that seat first? It's a different way of looking at it. But there are cases where supplements are necessary. Um, let's touch on why the winter months, for instance, we're told in the UK to supplement. Definitely. So vitamin D um, is one of the nutrients that we are recommended to supplement within the winter months. And that's 10 micrograms a day. And that's because vitamin D largely comes from the sun. It's very difficult to get enough vitamin D from the diet because sources are just so limited. So when you are consuming vitamin D from the sun, when you are consuming vitamin D, it's not necessarily going to be absorbed and utilised. And you know, in the winter, we just don't have the sun, unfortunately, in the UK. So oh, we're not we getting that vitamin D. So it's so important that we do supplement in winter months. So 10 microns in the winter months. And of course, there's also other things to consider. So when I was looking at vitamin D, something I hadn't really thought about as much was if you are elderly, you're not getting outside as much as well now. Um, different ethnicities, different skin colours, different gorgeous rich tones that don't absorb the sunlight in the same way. They've got a natural protective barrier. Definitely. And also things like sun cream. So mm. if you are even going out in the summer and you think that you're getting your vitamin B D but you're plastering up with sun cream that's going to block the absorption of vitamin D from the sun as well. Which is hard because you were told to wear sun cream to prevent skin damage and ageing. So there's always different things going on at once. And surprisingly, 30% of the global population has anemia. So in this case, would these be um, individuals taking supplements? So in cases where you might have a medical condition or a, sign- a severe deficiency, then I would recommend that you do take supplements. But I really want to highlight that this needs to be done under a healthcare professional giving you the appropriate advice. So particularly when it comes to iron, there can be some side effects um, and constipation can be one of them, for example. And so it is very important that you are making sure that you're having enough fibre in your diet um, and that you're taking the right dose as well. So definitely, it's not really just a case of, oh, I'm feeling a bit tired, I should be supplementing with iron. It's a case of making sure that you've had your bloods done to check that that is the case. Because another thing is when when you are low on iron, the body is actually very clever and it will start to increase the amount of iron that it can absorb from foods naturally of course when you get to a state where it's quite you're quite severely deficient that can become a problem and that's potentially where you need to supplement yeah no it's it's definitely interesting and with iron or iron deficiency anemia for instance there's also vitamin c that aids absorption isn't there in iron rich foods and i think there's so much more to be learned and understood people are very quick to just go out and buy something, like you said, could potentially bung them up as well. But there's also another type of anemia, isn't there? A B12 um, deficiency. And I see a lot of people now on social media um, injecting themselves and going to these bars to inject themselves. What are your thoughts on these? Oh, I would be really sceptical about these. I think, firstly, the people who are injecting these... um, vitamins into you they're not necessarily well trained in understanding nutrition as a whole so they might be trained in how to inject these supplements into you these vitamins into you but they're not very well trained often they're done sort of in the middle of shopping centers so it's bizarre question. isn't it absolutely <laughs> i mean i would you can go shopping for your vitamin injections now but i would question how clean it really is um and again sometimes they just provide you with a hit of multivitamins and we're going to have that same problem um, and they don't know what your status is at the moment so there will be an increased risk of toxicity with that as well 
And we use the word toxicity and we basically mean too much of a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely way too... I think that applies to every walk of life, doesn't it? And especially in our industry as nutritionists, it's it's tricky because nobody in that shopping centre giving you that drip will have spent an hour with you understanding what your daily needs and requirements are and whether you need it in the first place. Exactly. And we're so easily sold something, especially when it comes to health and wellness. You know, everyone wants to feel as healthy as they can. And I, and I think that at the moment, there are a lot of health complications due to the environment and the lifestyles that we live. And unfortunately, sometimes it's about trying to touch on or pull up people's vulnerability which is where they're going to be making their money Mm. but I would really encourage you and your listeners you know just to take a step back and think about do I need this this vitamin and can it really be doing me more more harm than good and if I think I do need it then your first port of call should really be the GP first. Yeah it's excellent advice because it's a money-making industry really and if we move on to another area that I think has been exploited a little bit it would be the rise in veganism in general. I mean, supplements are crucial, but how crucial are they on a vegan diet? So I think with a vegan diet, um, firstly, it's very restrictive. So you need to be aware that there might be risk of deficiencies. um, And especially if you're eating sort of a general vegan diet that might involve chips and um, soy nuggets and, you know, less of the plant-based foods, so less of the beans, the pulses, but more of the sort of heavily processed vegan foods that we are seeing arise in at the moment, um, you are potentially going to be at risk of deficiency. I think one of the key ones is B12. Um, Mm. And in cases like this, it might be necessary to supplement. um, But really, I'm hesitant just to suggest that everyone on a vegan diet goes out and supplements with all the different nutrients that they might be at risk of because you can get it from your diet. You just need to be aware. So for example, if you're cutting out milk, it's really important that you're having fortified milk so that you're not going to be at risk of things like calcium deficiency. They're also supplemented with B12, fortified with B12. Um, And some now actually are fortified with iodine as well, which is really important. So I would say that B12 could potentially be a risk. Um, Omega-3 you need to be aware of on a vegan diet as well. And vitamin D, but that's like the general population, to be honest. We should all be aware of vitamin D, especially in the winter, as we discussed. Oh, it's just so much to think about. We actually have a whole podcast episode on veganism. So I will urge our listeners to go back and have a listen if this really is affecting you. But it is important. And one of the big myths that we will see, this isn't directly linked to supplements, but it's that soy is bad for you. Whereas surely soy that we know it's the most similar profile to dairy. Definitely. And I think it is so high in those nutrients that potentially you might be at risk of. So it's a really good source of protein. It's Mm. a great source of calcium, contains some iron too, which these nutrients are a little bit more difficult to achieve on a a vegan diet. So I think tofu and and soy products are definitely things that you should be consuming in your diet, especially if you're following a vegan diet. Yeah, good, good tips there. So what are some of the main reasons then you think in general we're being conned into believing we need so many supplements? So I think firstly, it comes from people being unsure and unaware. So it's partly due to a lack of awareness that you think you need supplements that people are trying to sell you. And unfortunately, when it comes to our health, there's a lot of health anxiety nowadays. So that's anxiety around our health and are we eating the right diet and are we exercising enough? Are we sleeping enough? You know, all these worries around whether we're just doing enough can actually contribute to difficulties when it comes to your health. Um, So I think that's one of the key reasons. It's also a massive money-making industry. Mm. 
the supplement industry is worth billions and billions of pounds and it's scary and I and you see more and more supplements coming onto the market of all kinds of doses all kinds of quantities all kinds of qualities all kinds of um I mean, do, you, do you think it's social media as well that has, I mean, it's obviously raised our awareness and the generation coming up, it's going to, well, social media will really impact them. But it's something that we weren't exposed to in magazines as much supplementation, I don't think, compared to today online. Yes, definitely. And when it comes to social media, you know, you have a lot of reality stars who are promoting these supplements. Um, and it's really dangerous. And, you know, young people might look up to these reality stars and think oh I want to be like them so therefore I must take the same supplements that they're taking but it's really important to remember that firstly the chances are they're probably not actually taking them and secondly we're all so different so just because something works for an influencer on social media or your friend even it doesn't necessarily mean that it's appropriate for you. I couldn't agree more I think there's almost a um a misconception that you don't have to put the work in with your nutrition and you can just take a pill if only there were a magic pill. <laughs> I'm so pleased you said that because I think the word supplement itself suggests that supplements are there to supplement the diet, not replace the diet. So you can't think, oh, I'm going to take a range of supplements with all my nutrients in the morning and then go off and not worry about what you're eating the rest of the day. And I'm, I'm not suggesting that you worry about what you're eating, but just be aware and trying to eat more plants in your diet, trying to get a wide range of whole foods that's really going to be much more beneficial to your health than popping a load of supplements in the morning. It almost feeds into what we call diet culture. And like you said, the interest, um, you said there's a lot of health anxiety. I sometimes call it the worried well. And it's a new space where there's so much talk and maybe a curiosity to find things. I, I daren't almost want to say the name, but there are particular documentaries on Netflix Um that are quite out there with their suggestions on what you should and shouldn't be doing to be healthy. Do you think there's any type of regulation or any general consensus of something we can do to change these? I really hope so. I really hope that regulations are going to tighten up a little bit around this area. Um, I mean, we've seen Instagram ban some of these products, which I think is brilliant. And I hope that that is just the start of what's to come um but to be honest so far not much else is being done i know that there have to be certain rules around health claims on mm. products but unfortunately a lot of these brands are getting around this and it's not even from a nutritional perspective i mean i've been seeing a complete and utter boom in beauty supplements i think the most most commonly um messaged question whenever i do a q and a on social media especially on instagram is collagen Yes, let's talk about collagen. Go for it. So <laughs> collagen, essentially collagen is the protein in your skin that makes it elasticy, soft and supple um, and helps it looking young. So people tend to think that if they supplement with collagen, that's going to give them this healthy glow. They're going to feel great, you know, but actually what some of the research has found is that if you take collagen, all that's happened is broken down in the gut and it doesn't even really reach the skin. So therefore essentially you're just spending a lot of money for your gut to do a little bit extra work and I think that these beauty brands and these supplement brands that are suggesting that you need this stuff is again pulling at those vulnerable strings that make you think oh well I want that healthy glow I want to feel fabulous and unfortunately the answer is not in a pill no or it will make me look younger I've heard all sorts I even heard that people have been advised to take collagen supplements to heal their gut 
I'm hearing all sorts of things at the moment and it's, it's quite worrying. It's so worrying and I think because the research isn't there at the moment, people are making up whatever they can almost to try and sell these products and there's a huge risk attached to this and I just think we need to be that little bit more aware and if you think that something sounds like it's too good to be true the chances are it is there's no magic pill there's no magic cure and so it's just about being a little bit more aware and trying to take a step back and think am I thinking through my vulnerable side right now or am I thinking actually as a well-informed um, individual that that maybe they're just trying to take a little bit more money from me. Well, Jenna, if we could touch on the fact that obviously some people will need them and I'll go into those in a minute, but what are the real dangers? We, we've kind of raised the red flag of, oh, actually, these are not always safe. What are some of the possible side effects? So, for example, um, you can get um, irritable gut symptoms, you can get headaches, you can get fatigue, you can get exhaustion, constipation, diarrhea. Um, there's a wide range of, of side effects. And then it even goes into sort of more severe side effects. In in serious cases, people are sometimes hospitalised for taking these supplements because they quite simply don't know what they are. Um, and actually, there was a really interesting 10-year study that looked at 63 um, different hospital emergency departments. And they found 23,000 cases over the 10 years of um, that people have been omitted off the back of taking supplements. And then the number one actually came from multivitamins and unspecified supplements. Oh my goodness. Yeah, absolutely shocking. So we tend to think, oh, we'll take, we'll buy this off the shelf because it's not going to do any harm. Even if it doesn't do very much good, it's not going to do me much harm. But actually, we don't know what's in these products. And I really just want to highlight that it can be so, so dangerous. So that's not to scare the listeners at all. But it's just to make them more aware because you wouldn't go into a chemist and buy medication off the shelf. So therefore, really, we shouldn't be going into a chemist or into a health shop and buying supplements off the shelf. No, and it is it is the promise of miracles. And like you said, you don't really know what's in it. So I have people arrive at the Retrition Clinic with a list of 20 or so supplements that's a healthcare professional, what they believe qualified has given them to take all sorts of different types of grasses that probably aren't even the grass they claim to be on the pack it's probably something they found online numerous numerous other things and it's got to a point where it's almost become fashionable to take them yes that is a really good point and even as well going into juice shops and buying wheatgrass shots and all these different shots that you believe are going to really revolutionize your health it's really not and unfortunately it's so much more cool or trendy to take your advice from people off social media who may not necessarily be qualified. And we really need to start stripping that back because this advice is dangerous. And like you say, people are A, spending a lot of money on these products and B, potentially doing more harm than good. Well, yes. And if you look at the fact that um, you've got many, not only just influencers, celebrities, but fashionable people saying oh this is my daily routine this is what works for me it isn't necessarily what works for them and if we use the example of vitamin c in in the winter months i would even go as far as saying that's been taken a little bit too far definitely so vitamin c is something that we require to help build up our immune system right and vitamin c is a classic example where people think oh i'm coming down with a cold so i'm going to start supplementing with vitamin c unfortunately at that point it's often too late because you need vitamin c over a prolonged period of time and i'm not suggesting that you supplement with it but that you get it through the diet to help build your immune system it's not a magic pill that's going to make your common cold disappear and i think a lot of people think that it is yeah now on 
And on the flip side to that, it's quite sad that these problems are there because there are some instances where supplements are actually really important. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I mean, for me right now, being pregnant, that's a classic example, isn't it, in pregnancy? Absolutely. And I'm sure you'll probably agree that you might struggle to get out of bed in the morning if there were certain supplements that you weren't taking. And particularly when it comes to supplementing, we know in pregnancy, we know folic acid is really, really important um, to help reduce the risk of spina bifida. So there are definitely times where it is appropriate, but it's about making sure that those times are relatable to you. Yeah, completely. It's almost become a mainstream thing. Like I said, fashionable. There's so many different facets here that that could go under the supplement umbrella. What is the most common supplement that you've seen that's perhaps been a bit questionable? So I think, I hate, I'm not going to name any brands, but there's um, one of these hair supplement brands that comes in the form of gummies that really does wind me up quite a bit. (laughs) Because actually when you look at it, it's largely sugar. And that's one of the biggest problems. Actually, the nutrients in there, I question A, whether they're even in there because I looked at the ingredients and I couldn't see any reference to them. Um, And they taste, they potentially taste good. So therefore, people are much more likely to eat them and they think, oh, this is great. This is going to make my hair shiny. And another thing that we tend to see, so particularly when it comes to um, beauty supplements, hair supplements, skin supplements, is that generally people don't just tend to start taking a supplement if they want to improve the quality of their hair they might take a hair supplement but also look to change their shampoo potentially look to use less heat and then they go back and claim that the supplement has revolutionized their hair when the chances are that it's probably the fact that they've actually stopped using so much heat on it or changed their shampoo and conditioner or using a treatment mask more regularly. And change their diet as well and, and their, their lifestyle. And change their diet as well, exactly. So I, I just think that sometimes we need to be less quick to highlight a magic mir- miracle cure. Yeah, it, it, it's almost um, a holistic approach. So there are some natural remedies out there that can be quite beneficial. But I'm seeing a big increase as well in 
sleep capsules, energy capsules, things to just help your everyday life and well-being. What are your thoughts on these? So again, I don't think that the research is really there to be able to support this. Some people might say that they benefit them and that's individual. But I really, I can't necessarily support that at the moment. Um, And I also think that this is another case where you could potentially even become quite dependent on these capsules. So for example, if you're someone who struggles to sleep, you take these capsules, whether they work or whether it's a placebo effect, you then believe that these capsules and these supplements are making you sleep better. So therefore, you keep taking them. And the one time you don't take them, you've talked yourself into the fact that you haven't taken them and therefore you won't be able to sleep. So again, I think it contributes to that health anxiety um, that we were talking about earlier. It's fascinating, isn't it? How the mind can really work and can spur you on. It's different habits, habitual things. And like you said, the fear of not having it one night and having a bad night's sleep. We had a podcast episode on sleep and um, anxiety about sleep was one of the biggest causes of insomnia. Just one of the biggest reasons somebody wasn't able to switch off in the first place. But equally, we're not here, Jenna and I are not here to demonise supplements. You know, young children will require them, the elderly, different population groups, pregnancy. There are reasons for it. We're just trying to give you a balanced outlook that side effects could be potentially harmful. But also your wallet and your money and the allowance there. Now, we do see a lot, Jenna, in the line of work we do lots of brands popping up left right and center but particularly the fitness industry there seem to be new fitness supplements all the time have you come across um anything new recently have you heard about the bcaas all the different types of things definitely so i think there's always new things cropping up bcaas are huge um creatine is really big caffeine supplements are are really big and actually when it comes down to it particularly when it comes to sports supplements The way in which they do the research, so this is quite interesting, when they look at um, significant differences, they might find that in a highly competitive sport, the significant difference might be 0.3 seconds, for example, in a a 100-meter sprint, which is going to make a significant difference to the individuals in that in that race but in the grand scheme of things when it comes to the general population that 0.3 seconds is not going to make a significant difference at least not enough that I would recommend that you buy these supplements and I also think that that with these supplements you also get a lot of bulking agents a lot of fillers Um, and so really I would encourage people unless you're a competitive um, athlete which is a different situation and you've probably got professionals to advise you um, really you don't necessarily be need need these supplements yeah no and what about protein powder we're always asked on this podcast but it's good to go into definitely so I think protein powder can be a useful one is it essential to the diet no but I think some people A, struggle to get enough protein in their diet, or B, don't have the time. So for example, if they're going to the gym in the morning and then they're going straight to work, protein powder can be beneficial um, as long as you're getting a good quality one. So you really want to avoid the ones with added sugars and bulking agents. Um, But it's not essential. And I think sometimes, especially on social media, it can sort of seem a little bit elitist. So, you know, if you can't afford to buy this protein powder, then all of a sudden you're not going to be able to recover so well or your muscles are going to be at risk of not repairing. And it doesn't have to be like this because you can get your protein from food. Protein powder is just a, a convenience method. But equally, should you be removing um meals 
and replacing them with protein powder, potentially not. Oh, there's, there's so much to think about. I think as consumers, perhaps one thing we can really reiterate is we need to get more savvy at reading what's in the food that we purchase and we buy. Now, obviously, reading labels is quite deceptive, doesn't always give the full picture. But it would help if we could understand a lot of the words, because surely in the back of the packets, there's lots of different words for sugar, for instance. Definitely. And I think also when it comes to nutrients. So, for example, sometimes a food might have added ascorbic acid and we might think, oh, we can't have that because we don't know what that is. There's a whole kind of rave around you shouldn't eat something that you don't know what it is. How to pronounce, that's the phrase, isn't it? Exactly, that you can't pronounce. And actually ascorbic acid is just another word for vitamin C. So I definitely think that we should learn to read labels, we should learn to understand what's in our food, but we're never taught that. So Mm. you can't blame people, you know, we're not blaming you for struggling to understand labels because marketing and food companies are becoming more and more clever with the way in which they're marketing these products. They're making it more difficult to read labels, more difficult to compare products. And so it's just about trying to gain an understanding where you can. But one thing I do think is that those brands that are worthy and that are good quality and that might be beneficial to those people who need it um, generally tend to have the science back behind them. And they're very transparent. Yeah so definitely look for that. If you have been advised to take a supplement then make sure that you are getting it from a brand that has got enough science behind it and often those brands are are happy to help you and happy to speak to you direct um, and I think that's really important. And look out for disclaimers on their websites, little things that will literally be saying this isn't a guarantee of XYZ but this is recommended for this that they'll have done their research and on the subject of words you can't pronounce I think a good example we touched on is fortified um, plant-based milks a lot of people are very scared of additional extras that they see but actually these words a lot of the time are beneficial things and this is a case where supplementation is beneficial isn't it definitely so for example you might see riboflavin on the back of your um the back of your pocket the back of your milk back of your pocket I love that one I might see it on the back of my pocket (laughs) and the back the back packet of your milk Um, but actually it's just B vitamins so I think it's really important to be aware of what you are what you are consuming um, and not fear those foods either if you're not sure plug them into Google you know most people carry a phone around nowadays just put it into Google and it will tell you exactly what you are consuming I think one more question I really should have brought up or something I think that's quite important to discuss Jenna is a lot of these health stores now there's a lot of them in the UK that you would stereotypically go to if you want to buy something that's good for you they're advertising I mean the the whole front of a shop window can be covered with these types of diet products that we're kind of telling people to avoid definitely and that's something that I really would encourage listeners to be aware of that just because you're going into a health shop it doesn't mean that what you're buying in there is necessarily going to be beneficial for you so for example they sell a wide range of diet pills and diet products like you say a wide range of diet teas Mm. diet coffees they sell jelly beans in there so you know I'm not suggesting that you should never eat jelly beans but they're not necessarily associated with like general health so absolutely enjoy them in moderation but it's not necessarily about going into a health 
health shop and thinking that everything in there is beneficial for you. Well, no, because even some of the ingredients that were found originally when these products were cropping up, weren't they quite dangerous as well? Yes, they can be. And, and some of the products that these health shops have sold have since been struck off. So that's something to be aware of as well, that they're not necessarily looking into the brands that they're selling. Um, if they sell, they sell. And at the end of the day, they're trying to make money. Yeah, because I, th- I think everybody, I mean, weight loss is such a, a topic in the UK. I like to call it body fat loss, but there are people that are overweight and are looking for something to help them and guide them. And like you said, it's preying on the vulnerable, but ultimately it's not weight they're losing when they take these diet products, is it? Absolutely not. It's water. And often as a result of taking these diet products, you might actually find yourself in the bathroom for a good few days. It's a laxative. Exactly. So it's, you know, that's not going to be much fun. And then once you start eating normally again, you will find that whatever supposed weight... that you might think it's weight but actually it's water will just go straight back on yeah and I think um, these teas in particular because the teas seems to be the lesser evil when you're looking at a product people think oh it's just a herbal tea it's absolutely fine but if you're out there and you've got also a mental health predisposition to things like this I had a lot of clients um, with poor relationships with food becoming addicted to consumption so these products can also become extremely addictive Definitely. And they can also be used as a method of um, eating disorders as well. And I think that's really, really important to be aware of. Um, So just being aware of what you are actually taking is so, so important. Yeah, so just because it's a health food store, unfortunately, often some of these stores aren't owned by people in the UK. It's like a big boss somewhere else in the world. And, you know, decisions go higher up. I think... um, I'm not an expert when it comes to what appears on the shop shelves and what doesn't, but I know there's probably a lot more regulation than we realise that, and white tape and black tape and red tape and all sorts. Definitely. Well, Jenna, I could quiz you all day on supplementation, but I think we need to take questions from the followers today. So the first one is from Shah. Um, must be short for Charlotte there, I'm guessing, or you just like to be called Shah. Um, I've been on and off antibiotics for years. Am I right in thinking supplementing in this case can help? So thank you for your question, Shah. I think that is a great question. In some cases, there are some probiotics which have been specifically designed for you to take um, either alongside or after antibiotics. But again, I would encourage you to seek more advice from a healthcare professional um, on that because we are all unique. So I wouldn't necessarily want to recommend without knowing anything else about you. No, very, very good advice. Um, We had a gut health panel at the Food for Thought Festival and we did touch on this. So I can't remember exactly what they said, but it will be on the YouTube channel. So definitely go and head there um, if you're listening you want to learn more about probiotics um ellie has said i've just become pregnant are supplements safe and are there any that i should be taking hi ellie so great question um folic acid is one of the ones that you should definitely be taking um if you are going to be taking anything else i would be really aware of um vitamin a so it's definitely not something that you want to be supplementing with um but largely folic acid is the one that's that's recommended vitamin d but make sure that it is applicable and appropriate for um pregnant ladies um and potentially some people can benefit from supplementing with omega-3 but again Mm. you have to make sure that it's one that is appropriate for pregnancy oh completely and in some cases it could be iron it really does depend i guess on your unique lifestyle again that one Um, So Rasheen, I'm worried about a friend of mine who's been using, oh, here we go, diet pills, and it seems to be affecting her health. Any tips on how I can get her to stop using them? 
So this is a really common problem. And unfortunately, again, we go back to the that advertising on social media. I think it's very difficult for you as a friend to approach this, situ- this situation because you don't want to seem like you're attacking. Um, but potentially finding out some really good quality piece of information, even encouraging her to listen to this podcast might be beneficial. Um, but really, you can't, as a friend, you can't tell someone not to do something. You can encourage them to go and seek their GP or seek professional help. Um, but it is a, is a really tricky one, that. Oh, it really is. And Again, I'm only saying this because I think it's important to say, but there have been extreme cases, and I mean very rare, where someone has died from consumption of a diet pill. Um, Thankfully, we do have, as much as the regulations aren't great, at least certain ingredients are completely banned in the UK. But yeah, it's, it's very concerning. So thank you for answering that, Jenna, and good luck, Rasheen. Um, Siobhan has said, what are your recommendations when it comes to children and vitamins? Should I be giving them a daily vitamin and what, what one? So really good question. There are some um, daily vitamins that are recommended for children. Make sure, again, that you speak to your healthcare professional. I don't want to name brands. Um, but I would really encourage you to avoid ones that are very sort of sweet and really high in sugar. So just look out for that. Because you could end up just eating they'll want more of it they'll want more of the gummies (laughs) exactly and you want to make sure that again they have been um produced by a brand that have got the scientific evidence behind them as well very reputable and there are many many brand options out there but some particularly good ones i agree penny are most supplements approved and what should i be looking out for on the packet to show that they are I'm not sure what you mean there, Penny, by approved. Do you mean regulated or is there a stamp of regulation or approval? Unfortunately, there's not a stamp of um, regulation when it comes to supplements. It is a very unregulated industry, so it's very, very difficult um, to be able to identify that. And that just goes to show how important this topic actually is. Jenna, thank you so much. We're going to move on to the fact or fiction round of the podcast. So are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready, I think. (laughs) Here we go. Um, Supplement doses are always the recommended amount to see health benefits. Fiction. Multivitamins are harmless being taken every day. Fiction. Buying supplements off the internet is safe. Fiction. Expensive supplements are always worth the price tag. Absolute fiction. (laughs) Pregnant women should 100% supplement with folic acid. Fact. It's best to take vitamins on an empty stomach. Fiction. That's an interesting one, that one. It is, because I think sometimes um, foods can help the absor- absorption of vitamins, but other times it can actually inhibit it. So it's very dependent on the on the vitamin, so I would go with fiction on that one. Perfect. Uh, supplements don't really interact with medication. Fiction. Scary as well. Supplements can make up for your diet's flaws. Fiction. The best supplements are those labelled all natural. Fiction. (laughs) Multiple single-source supplements are better than multivitamins. Interesting one. Sometimes supplements are combined to help the absorption. Sorry, this is fact or fiction. It's good, Um, it's good. But sometimes you just get a wide range of nutrients in one pill. So I'm going to go half-half on that one. Love it. (laughs) Jenna, that was a brilliant fact (laughs) or fiction. So concise, yet so informative. Thank you. (laughs) It was actually quite hard doing those because so many things I wanted to say, it was just fiction, fiction, fiction. I must chuck a true in there somewhere. Um, So that does nearly wrap up this episode. But as with every guest, we do finish with a food for thought. 
So I think mine today, if I start, would be that most people kind of don't need to take supplements. I think there's a lot of hype around, um, like we mentioned, the health anxiety. And you can get so much of it from a healthy, balanced diet. And different individuals suit different types of diets. But vitamins and minerals such as iron calcium, vitamin C, they're essential nutrients that the body does need in small amounts. So just really educate yourself with nutrition. And many people choose to take supplements, but it's whether you take too much, because we mentioned the toxicity thing earlier. It could be harmful, especially for a long period of time. And it really came back in my head something that on our vegan episode uh, that Sam, the dietitian, said, and she said that some deficiencies you don't see for years that you could be deficient and not realize it until later on and some toxicity doesn't show immediately. There's lots of different things to remember. So please remember that supplements won't replace a balanced lifestyle. And Jenna, if you could leave our listeners with a food for thought, one last take home, what would that be? I think it would be to really try and avoid being sucked in by brands question what they're telling you question whether you think you really need what they're trying to sell you and sometimes you know you can go and buy yourself something that you might enjoy a little bit more oh i love that to the point excellent advice jenna thank you for sharing your knowledge with us on food for thought thank you so much for having me If you enjoyed this episode, you're going to absolutely love what's coming next week. So make sure you click subscribe to be the first to hear it. And please do leave a five-star review. It really does help to get this podcast out there so that we can reach higher highs in the charts and hopefully be able to help more people. For more information about my nutrition clinic, books, healthy recipes, events, retreats, and so much more, please visit retrition.com and follow me at retrition on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.